Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, it is good to be back. Uh, thank God it is the day that the Lord has made. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for joining us again today. Thank God for his faithfulness uh, over us. And thank God we are just one more lesson away or one more study away from the end of the book of Revelation. Uh, it's been a great, great five months. Uh, it's, it's been wonderful. Please uh, invite your friends and family, uh, share this podcast, uh, this broadcast and across social media platforms. Uh, let people come join and listen to the word. You may actually be saving someone. Yes, so chapter 20 of the book of Revelation. Let's say a word of prayers before we go ahead. Everlasting Father, we thank you for you're a God of faithfulness. You're a just God. The Bible says your, your, your judgments are just. Father, we say be exalted. Thank you for leaving us with all these clues. Thank you, Father. We say be exalted. As we go into this study today, we ask that your presence will be with us. We ask that you will open these letters, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Help us, Lord, to be prepared for your second coming. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. It is well. Yes. Uh, so we finished chapter 19 um, uh, last week. Uh, and talking about uh, um, the kingdom of the beasts uh, 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 that was I mean the, the beast was taken into the bottomless pit uh, uh, return of the king the marriage supper of the lamb uh, those are the things we, we discussed uh, last week and we talked about the bride uh, and we we looked at um, we compared the the marriage supper of the lamb with the the typical Jewish wedding and we saw the uh, uh, correlation and how the people Jesus was speaking to in in those days would have understood the context he was speaking about I'm going to a place to prepare I mean I'm going to my father's house to prepare a place for you so uh, we saw that um, in, in last lesson and today we're going to talk about chapter 20 and this is one of the most, um, not controversial, but most debated or most dis- divisive uh, uh, topic in the book of Revelation, and that's the millennium. Uh, so I'll go a little bit technical. We'll look at um, uh, the theological standpoints uh, across history and across a number of denominations. Uh, there are also some we call pseudo-Christians. Uh, when we get to that, I'll let you know some pseudo-Christians, why they believe what they believe. Uh, and if you've been listening to this uh, teaching, one thing I do say is uh, um, heresy is either the truth covered with a little bit of lies or lies mixed with a little bit of truth. That's actually what's an heresy. So we'll see some heretical be, uh, beliefs as well. Uh, but, but broadly speaking, um, um, eschatology, uh, that's the study of the end time. Eschatology is divided into two broad um, topics uh, or two broad schools of thought. We have the premillennial and the amillennial. The premillennials are the people that believe that, oh, the millennium is going to happen literally and it is after the rapture after the war of armageddon uh so a number of us believe that the amillennial believe that the, the the millennium is just an allegorical um um, um uh, debate or topic in the bible that it's not real it's just allegorical it's just um like um not, not a parable but an allegory like Something that is not going is not is not going to happen. No, it's not going to be happen. Uh, it's not going to happen. So those are the two broad um, uh, uh, beliefs in eschatology. We have another type, but those ones have died down now, especially um, 
I mean, the, those ones came in the in the fifteenth century, the thirteenth century to fifteenth century. That's the post millennial. They believe that um, the millennium had already happened. Uh, that the uh, they were living in the millennium at that time, uh, and you could understand why they why they will hold that belief uh, because the millennium is literally saying that Jesus is going to come and. Uh, conquer all the kingdoms of the earth all the kings of the earth uh, they are evil kings and jesus will rule and reign in righteousness now at, at that time in the 15th century in the 13th century uh christianity was a religion of state uh, the emperor after constantine um, adopted christianity as a, as a state religion so priests were being paid by the state so it would be very difficult uh, i mean to be politically incorrect at that time to, to keep preaching that Jesus is coming to send the evil kings away and rule instead of them. I mean, and these kings are the ones paying your salary. So uh, it's been over the years, over the centuries, to be politically correct in, in that sense, in some things that uh, preachers have been preaching. So, yes, we have the amillennial and the premillennial. Uh, the post-millennial, uh, no, I think they, they don't think they exist anymore. But they, there was a time in in church history that they uh, people held that uh, point of view. Now, the premillennial, those of us who believe that the millennium is coming in the in the, in the future, we have we have like two broad, uh, two uh, let me say divisions. So we have the pre-trib. I've talked a lot about this, and the post-trib. The post-tribulation and the pre-tribulation. Uh, the pre-tribulation, the schools of thought believe that rapture will happen before the tribulation, post-tribulation or mid-tribulation. Some people believe that rapture will happen in the middle of the tribulation before the great tribulation. I hold uh, that school of thought. Um, let me just tell you, there's uh, just about um, 10 divisions, broad divisions of theology. I've talked about systematic theology and uh, what some schools believe uh, in one of the teachings. But let me just list this and I'll, I'll tell you the reason why I'm listing this. Bibliology is the doctrine of the Bible, study of the Bible. Uh, that's one, one, one division of theology. Uh, uh, theology proper, that's the study of the attributes of God. Uh, Christology is the study of Jesus, uh, the doctrine of Jesus, of the doctrine of Christ. Um, pneumatology is the study of the Holy Spirit or the doctrine of the person and the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Angelology is the study of angels, both falling and unfalling. So some people call that angelology and demonology. But angelology generally is the study of angels, both the fallen angels and the, and the unfallen angels. Anthropology is the study of man. Soteriology, I love this as well, is the study of salvation. Uh, why would God save us? Um, I mean, why? Why do we need saving? Why would God go all those lengths? When was salvation uh, uh, birthed and things like that? Um, uh, soteriology talks about eternity past, eternity future. It's a very beautiful topic uh, to discuss. Then um, ecclesiolo ecclesiology is the study of the church. Eschatology, that's what we're talking about, the study of end times or last things. Now, there is a tenth part that a number of seminaries don't uh, include in their systematic theology that's israelology that's the study of israel as god's instrument some believe that israel the physical nation of israel um uh will be will be uh what's it called now uh will be used physically at the end time so a number of 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 uh seminaries believe that although some don't or some believe it but they don't teach it as part of their systematic theology but i hold the i hold the point of view that believes that um uh, uh israel the church didn't replace the nation of israel and I'll, I'll show you the reason why i hold that point of view we didn't the church didn't replace the, the nation of israel we have two different destinies two different assignments but let's go ahead. Um, okay, uh, amillennialism. How, how did the amillennials come about? Uh, let's look at the history. That's those people who believe that uh, uh, the millennium is just an allegory. 
I'm just laying this foundation before we go into chapter 20 itself so that we understand when we're reading it. And then I'll come, I'll, you'll see the reason why I tend towards the school of thought I tend towards. That's the premillennials. Okay, so Oregon um, is, the, is, the, is the one that started uh, a millennialism or maybe birthed it. And um, it was uh, uh, allegorical. It was allegorizing the scriptures. A number of things. Just uh, these are just allegories. So uh, yes, there are some that are allegorical, but uh, he took it to an extreme, and that's where balance uh, comes in. If you look at, uh, if you go to towards the left, you're, you're too allegorical. Go towards the right, you're too literal. We need to get a balance, strike a balance. At, at the beginning of the teaching, I told us that. Uh, there are four ways to interpret the, school, uh, the book of Revelation. Some people believe that it was just the things that were happening in the days of John alone. Some people believe that it's a word of prophecy to happen, prophecy to happen in the future. Some people believe that it has happened. Some people believe that it's just allegory. But we need to strike a balance. Use, interpret, have that, those four schools of thought at the back of your mind in interpreting the book of Revelation. So this guy, Oregon, um, allegorized the scripture, took it took everything as if oh no it's not real these things are not real so he took it to an extreme then uh, saint augustine saint augustine actually did a number of things uh for the field of theology i mean for for soteriology especially a number of things so he's, he's one of the scholars i respect however um saint augustine uh um took a a millennialism a millennials he took that uh, school of thought further uh, and like I explained he, he, he lived during the days of the emperors that took Christianity as a state religion so they were being paid by the state uh, so it would be difficult uh, to speak I mean you have to say things that are politically correct um, at that time to be difficult to say that um, uh, a literal kingdom of Christ is going to come uh, on, on the earth and it and would displace uh, evil uh, kings, physical kings, and calling them evil uh, when the guys are the ones paying your salary. So, uh, so that now was inherited by Roman Catholic. So, Roman Catholic eschatology had took that same uh, millennialism. I can tell you that those of us who believe in the premillennials were the minority. I, I can tell you most uh, schools of thought and, and, and church believe that the millennium is just uh, an allegory uh so roman catholic took it although when reformation uh happened martin luther god used him to do a number of things a number of things were reformed uh, i don't want to go into that i think i've, I've shared a few of them before in this teaching uh but they they refused i mean they failed to 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 tackle the the eschatological part of roman catholic uh, um, uh, believes so most protestant denominations that sprung out from the lutherans that sprung out from uh, 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 reformers and things like that they still hold uh, the um, millennial uh, point of view uh, and they also post a trip in their in their eschatological views but that's how it started uh, let's look at the problems with uh, millennialism those who believe that it's just allegorical, it's not going to be real. Uh, well, Messianic promises throughout the whole testament. Uh, uh, Jesus had promised, I mean, God has promised that 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 Jesus will reign on the throne of David forever. He will sit on the throne of David forever. So that'll be a problem. Uh, the destiny of Israel in God's covenant. Paul actually confirmed this as well. So if 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 millennium is not real then how do we how do we how do we address that uh then also promise given to mary by by gabriel we read that uh, luke uh, chapter 1 about verse 30 to 33 thereabout already last week uh where the angel told mary that he will reign he will reign in the house of david he will sit on the throne of david forever and when jesus came on, on earth wasn't he didn't sit on the throne of david it wasn't a descendant of David that was reigning, that was ruling Israel. So, uh, where would that promise go if uh, a millennial, if we had to go with the millennials? Uh, 
then um, numerous confirmation of this also um, in the New Testament. And I, like I said at the beginning, the church has not replaced Israel. Israel was born in Exodus chapter 4. The church was born in Acts chapter 2. Uh, let's look at distinctions between Israel and the church. Uh, what are we saying about time? Okay, we still have time. So let's, let's lay this foundation. Then we'll go straight into chapter 20. Now, uh, the church and Israel have different origins, different missions, different destinies. The church is raptured. Israel will not be raptured. A number of them will be sealed during the tribulation. Um, the replacement view denies Israel its place in God's plan. Uh, so it makes God a liar because God has promised all over the Old Testament, several reconfirmations in the New Testament, that Israel will be saved. Uh, then, um, okay, then uh, the 70 weeks of Daniel specifically deals with Israel. I was discussing with someone over the week uh, about uh, the 70th week, week of Daniel. Uh, and it was like, uh, between the 69th, we're just talking between the 69th week and the 70th week, uh, what, what happened with the church age? Uh, because Daniel was focused on Israel. Daniel was just thinking about the deliverance of Israel. That was why, because uh, it was calculated from the time instruction was given to rebuild Jerusalem till Messiah was killed. That was 69 weeks, 69 times 7, 400 and uh 462 thereabouts 463 years so and it was exact so how come the last week the seven last seven years didn't happen immediately that was when the church was born that was the church age so the church has different i mean uh different origin and different destiny from from jerusalem I mean from israel so 70 weeks of daniel was specifically dealing with israel paul's uh dichotomy paul uh, 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 differentiated between the Jews, the Gentiles, and the church. Uh, so then Israel also distinctively reappeared in Revelation chapter 4, whereby um, um, uh, he talked about, um, yeah, the nation of Israel. Let's let's go ahead. So the millennium was promised to David, uh, 2 Samuel 7 12 to 17. Uh, where at the, at the anointing of David, he was promised an everlasting throne, an everlasting reign. God promised it under an oath in Psalm 89, verse 34 to 37. Uh, it was predicted in, in Psalms, uh, Psalm 2, Psalm 1, 110, predi predicted in the prophets, several places in the prophets. Uh, it was also promised to Mary, I've, I've said that in Luke 132, uh, Micah 5.2, several other places, Isaiah 9, chapter, verse 6. Uh, the Lord's Prayer, Thy Kingdom Come. Uh, I know we've, 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 we've said, given loads of teachings about that, but that kingdom is going to be an earthly kingdom to reign on this earth. And we'll look at it when we read uh, chapter 20 in a bit. And it's going to rule with the rod of iron, every knee shall bow. The ruling with the rod of iron will be physical ruling. So if uh, those are the things that will happen in the millennium. Then every knee shall bow. It's not, it's not in prayer. Every knee will know, will, will confess. Every knee will recognize that this guy, this man, Jesus, is indeed Lord. Okay, so let's go to Revelation chapter 20, verse 1. That was, that was worth uh, uh, laying the foundation. And I saw an angel come out of heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. Now, the bottomless pit here in, in Greek is abuso. That's abyss. In, in some English translation calls it abyss. And it appears seven times in, in the book of Revelation. And if we're looking at the, geo, geo, the geographical uh, interpretation of this, where on earth can be bottomless? You know, if the, if the earth is like spherical and gravity pulls everybody on the surface of the earth, pulls everybody. The only part that can be bottomless in that sense is the center, is the core of the earth, whereby everywhere points not. So it's kind of bottomless. So, uh, but uh, let's just go ahead. Verse 2 And he laid hold of the dragon, that old serpent. Uh, the description of the dragon had been uh, in the company, I think, chapter, chapter 10, thereabouts, or 11. And he laid hold of the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan and bound him a thousand years so it didn't take jesus to bind satan no. it was an angel it didn't take god to bind satan 
I've said over and over in several of my teachings that Satan is not the opposite of God. Satan can never be the opposite of God. Just an angel bound Satan uh, and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut up and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. Uh, so I want to believe that why will he be loosed? Uh, we'll still get to that in this chapter. Uh, why will he be loosed? Uh, in my opinion, I feel that uh, this is Satan is not here now. You are not tempted now. Uh, just for God to say that man is man will still be man. Man will still make his choice. That's the truth. You know we lie on the devil uh, these days. Any small thing now is the devil. Okay, God is going to bind the devil for a thousand years. He won't deceive anybody. And you see that men will still uh, not repent. Okay, uh, verse 4, chapter 20, verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls. Okay, let's look at that. Judgment was given unto them. Judgment in this sense is a th- is like a throne or judgment here is you know why you say panel of judges in an Olympics is not to condemn anybody, is to give rewards, is to give prizes. Oh, you've done well, you have you, you're the first position, second position, and things like that. So this is the throne, the context of the throne here, and this is the context of the judgment here. And I saw the souls of men that were beheaded for a witness of Jesus and for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image neither had received his mark upon their forehead and in their hands they lived or in their hands and they lived and reigned with christ a thousand years so these are the tribulation saints the people that came out of the tribulation remember that before the tribulation the great tribulation we've been raptured we've been to so this is not us this so the, the people that died uh in christ during the great tribulation will come up here uh and reign with Christ. So there are four classes of people that will reign with Christ. The Old Testament saints, the church. Remember that we said the 24 elders stopped, ceased appearing now that the church is in heaven. Why? Because the old, the 24 elders represent the Old Testament church and New Testament church. 12 tribes of Israel allegorically and 12 apostles, disciples of Jesus allegorically. So um, the four classes of people that will be, that will be reigning with Christ for a thousand years the Old Testament saints, the church, would have been raptured anyway. So we'll come back with Jesus to reign. Now, tribulation matters. Tribulation matters. The people that died during the Great Tribulation because they did not worship the beast. And the fourth one, there will be saints. There will be some people that did not die. They were still saints, tribulation saints. They lived. They will, and they didn't worship the beast. They, they have not been killed. Those people will still reign uh, with Christ here. Okay, at the millennium. So, let's go. Verse 5. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Now, first and second resurrection. Even me, um, uh, I, used to, I used to make this mistake. First and second resurrections were not events. They were categories. They were classes. So Jesus uh, was the first fruit of the resurrection, of the first resurrection. And when Jesus rose up, the Bible says, graves opened, saints also rose up with him. In, they appeared to many in the, in the city of Jerusalem. All those were first resurrection. The dead in Christ shall rise first at the, trump, at the last trumpet. We will be chained to meet the Lord in the air. First resurrection. The tribulation saints when they die and when Jesus comes back to reign for a thousand years on earth, we also come back to life. So it, it is not an event. It's a class. It's a category. Those of us who died in Christ will be part of the first resurrection. So not necessarily an event that one resurrection will happen, then the second resurrection will come. No, 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 no. no. It's, a, it's a category. It's a class of resurrection. So uh, let's go ahead. So the second resurrection did not occur until this until the end of a thousand years. And that's what it says in verse 5 here. 
the rest of the dead did not live again until so that second resurrection whoever is part of the second resurrection well uh i want to believe that they are already con condemned but we'll see I, I, there's also a, a leeway that people living uh at this uh, at the time of, of of great tribulation who did not die and were changed to being immortal are likely to also die i don't know know if they will die and wake and, re and wake up then be part of us i really don't know that's parts uh, i don't know so let's go ahead to verse 6 blessed and holy is he that had part in the first resurrection on such the second death has no power but they shall be priests of god and christ and shall reign with him a thousand years so you can see that we'll be priests and king at the same time uh that's the order of melchizedek uh coming here uh showing forth here again so uh two types of deaths physical death is the separation of the body from the soul uh, spiritual death is the separation of the soul from god i don't think man can think we can't we can't picture how horrible uh, uh this will be for any man to experience it we will not experience the second death in jesus name okay so let's look at millennium what's going to happen during the millennium uh creation will be changed there will be physical changes uh zechariah 4 9 and 10 uh, let's let uh, should confirms that uh isaiah 35 1 to 10 confirms that as well curse will be lifted isaiah 11 69 creation redeemed genesis 3 um, then earth will be full of the knowledge of the lord so creation will be redeemed. Uh, I, I want to believe that the curse in Genesis three will be lifted and creation will be redeemed. Now there will be there will be plenty on earth. But let's let's go ahead. Now the millennium is not eternity. We'll see eternity next week, uh, chapter twenty one, and then conclusion chapter twenty two. So um, there will still be death. There will still be sin. That's why I said. Some people will believe in Christ at that time who were uh, 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 who have not received the mark of Christ and they didn't die during the war of Armageddon. So they will still die. People will still die. People that receive the mark will still die. They'll give back to children because it's a thousand years. So there will still be reproduction. Now, uh, uh, the school of thought I, be I belong to, we still don't know if the reproduction or the cohabita cohabitation or commingling Will be with the immortals between the immortals and the mortal because at that time we'll be like we'll have changed we'll have dropped this mortal body will be immortals at that time who could live forever but there will still be another class of people there are going to be two classes of people on earth at that time the immortals and the mortals and the rules of the earth is going to be uh, uh the rules that the immortals will set, set so it's going to that's why it's going to be ruling with the rod of iron I mean, imagine people who don't fall sick, people who don't sleep, people who don't get tired, making rules for for those people who fall sick, who, who they are the ones that have diseases, have pestilence and things. And so you don't want to miss rapture. Trust me. You don't want there is not just about Antichrist, Antichrist that people have been shouting about. It the, the kind of things that will happen post rapture, uh, no no human being should experience those things. So if you miss rapture uh and you didn't die during the tribulation uh during the great tribulation and you come back and jesus comes back we come back to this earth to meet you you'll be immortal you'll be you'll be more you'll be mortal you are still have flesh and blood we will be immortal and we will set the rules for you and you must obey you must obey by fire by force i want to believe that uh the kind of judgment that's why i say it's going to be ruling with the rod of iron the kind of judgment uh uh will be probably the old testament kind of judgment you know at that time we we cannot even see we've lost ability to sin so you people that uh, are still in the flesh and blood if you sin uh, maybe they'll just stone you to death see all these courts uh and it will be automatic stoning you're not human beings that will stone you angels will just you know we will be immortal we know things if I will know you that you're about to commit a sin before you come and commit it. <laughs> and you know, uh, prison, court, and all these things were 
were inventions of man. I, I don't want to believe that there will be prison then. You just make commit a sin like this, you are dead. Like, so it's going to be ruling with a rod of iron because people that will be bearing the brunt will just be in flesh and blood and we that made the laws will be um, will be immortal. So yes, there will still be death, there will still be sin. Each one of us will have our land. That's what uh, Micah 4, 4.15 says that. Jesus also promised us that whoever uh, left forsook land, children, father, mother, uh, uh, for his sake in the, on this earth, will reap it a hundred times on earth, here on earth, and then in heaven. So at the millennium, uh, at the millennial reign, each of us is going to have our land. And the land will be fruitful. Amos 9.13 makes us understand this. The land will be fruitful. Uh, there will be plenty to eat uh, in that land. Yeah. So, the millennium is not heaven. I've told you that um, uh, it's not the new earth as well. Uh, and it's not where righteousness dwells. Righteousness will be enforced. But yes, there will still be sinners uh, at the millennium because I mean, human beings will still be there with flesh and blood. But evil will be limited and judged immediately. Okay, so uh, millennium, there will be only death for unbelievers only. I think I've talked about that. Uh, yes, and uh, hey, I put it down here. There's no way that there's a resurrection of the millennial saints. So I wouldn't know if the people that accept Jesus at this time will still have a second chance, will resurrect, but there's no way the Bible says the millennial saints will resurrect. Uh, so the tribulation saints completed the first resurrection. Uh, okay. And some people also believe that there will be no Jewish unbelievers, that they all will accept uh, that Christ is, is the Messiah. Well, that's just a school of thought, not in the Bible. Okay. So, yes, Millennial Temple. There will be a temple in the Millennium, of course. Uh, if you are a Bible student, you will have... You know, I don't need to explain that to you. Ezekiel 40, chapters 40 to 48 talked about that. Uh, it was highly detailed. That temple was highly detailed. And the Bible says all nations will worship there. Uh, and Ezekiel also said it will only be opened on Sabbath days and new moon days. Uh, I, just to tell you that Sabbath is not uh, Sunday. But uh, this particular temple, that the whole nation will worship there. Let's go ahead. Okay, let's just read Isaiah 16, 5. About the throne, about uh, Jesus of the Messiah sitting on his throne. Physical throne, not allegorical throne to rule. Uh, and in mercy shall the throne be established. He shall sit upon it in truth. In the tabernacle of David and esteem righteousness. So he has not sat in the tabernacle of David. He has not sat in the on the throne of David. Okay. Uh, Matthew 25 31 says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and his holy angels with him, he shall sit upon the throne of his glory. So these are sitting upon thrones. Okay, uh, let's move ahead. Okay, so in this Jerusalem, uh, in this new Jerusalem, I mean, at the at the at the millennium, uh, the ark is no longer the focus of worship. It will be re replaced by the throne of the Lord Himself, by the throne of Jesus, and all nations will, uh, will gather there to worship. Okay, you should know that the ark and the mercy seat were two separate objects in the scriptures anyway. So I'm talking about the ark. That mercy seat is returned, is replaced by the throne of Christ. Let's go ahead. Revelation 27, 20, verse 7 and 8. And when the thousand years were expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to the battle the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. Uh, okay, let me read this verse 9 before I before I, I explain it. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and encompassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. And fire came down from God 
out of heaven and devoured them. Okay, so why will people who have seen Jesus rule for a thousand years still be deceived by the devil? Why? Now, this is my belief. You know, we will have a different science, a different technology. We are immortal. So maybe the devil will come and tell us, ah, see, you want, you want to know, you want to be like them, let's go, let's go and fight them. I know the secret. You want to be like, you become like them. The same trick he used for Eve. Oh, God doesn't want you to be, 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 uh, become like him. That's why he's hiding these things from you. So, you want to be like them? Let's go. I'll show you. And blah, 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 blah. So, he will gather them. Now, this is not the battle of Gog and Magog that um, Ezekiel uh, or Jeremiah, uh, was it Ezekiel or Jeremiah spoke about. Uh, that this is after the war of Armageddon, after a thousand years, after the millennial reign of Christ. That's when this war will happen. Okay, so and how how will this happen? I mean, how, how how will this war be won? The war of Armageddon was won by Jesus speaking to uh, speaking to them. The Bible says, "Salt came out of his mouth and and he dealt with them at that." But the war of, of Gog and Magog, Jesus is not going to fight. We are not going to fight. Fire just comes back from heaven, and devour them. That's all. Simple. Then verse verse ten, and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophets are the beast and the false prophet remember in chapter 19 they were cast there a thousand years ago a thousand years before this time and the bible is still using present tense they are where the priest and the false prophets are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever a thousand years, they are still there, still torment, being tormented. After a thousand years. Now, I've said over and over again that the devil is not going to rule in hell. The devil is not going to be punishing people in hell. The, the devil will be tormented forever and ever in hell. Hell was made for the devil and his angels to be tormented by God. Not Satan tormenting uh, people. I'll share some statistics here to shock you. Uh, let's go ahead. And I saw the great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face heaven and earth fled away. We shall look at this in details next chapter. And there was no, there was found no place for them. Verse twelve. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. A number of people use this for, for, for burial. But the dead here, this is the second resurrection. They didn't leave. The dead. They maybe they will be like. Um, Sorry, I watch a number of movies, a lot of movies. Uh, you know, all these horror movies that are uh, zombies, uh, that kind of a thing. They, are, they didn't come back to life, but they came back to be judged. So I saw the dead. Anybody here is, is doomed. Anybody in this category is doomed. So we shouldn't be using it for burials. We shouldn't be using it for, uh, for burial of saints. Yeah, you can use it for burial of, of unbelievers if you are sure of where they, they went to. But yes. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to the, according, were judged out of the things which were written in the books according to their works. May you not be judged according to your works. The first judgment, remember, uh, uh, before the millennium reign, was like a reward. Doesn't judgment where we're being rewarded for our works. Yes, you want to be rewarded according to your works, but not judged according to your works. The further first judgment, uh, the judgment seat of Christ, uh, 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 is is more of um, that that is, you didn't get there because you're not going to be rewarded for salvation because Christ has done that you are already saved, and that's also the mistake all these once saved forever saved people. Uh, make let me quickly uh, address that if I have time. Um, now, once say forever saved people, they 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 are right in a sense. Like I said, heresy is truth mixed with a bit of lies, or lies with mixed with a bit of truth. So it is that truth you won't, they will color the other with lies. But let's look at their truth, the truth there, and and strike a balance. Salvation, the issue is, is English. English use the same word salvation for to mean two different things. Now, 
I can write you a check and you may choose not to go and cash the check or lodge the check in, in a bank. So if I write you a check, let's call that salvation. For you to go and cash the check, let's also call that salvation. So the writing of check is the salvation Jesus wrought. Jesus died for the salvation of the whole world once and for all. We didn't do anything to deserve that. We didn't, we cannot, you can, there's no amount of work you can do to add to that salvation that Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. And he didn't do that for church folks alone. He did it for unbelievers. He did it for the people that stoned uh, that lady, Deborah, to death. Those people that stoned that to death because of so-called blasphemy. Jesus, that salvation is for them. Boko Haram, kidnappers, the drunkards, cultists, that same salvation is for them. So it's not just for, for church folks. Now, that's the writing of check. The withdrawal of check that English will also call salvation is this. You may choose you to, you know, this, you, you may either know or not know that this check has been written in your name and just all you need to go and do is cash it and you choose not to cash it. If you don't cash it, you have, that check will not come to your hand. That cash will not come to your hand. You will not be able to spend that cash. So that uh, going to convert that check to cash, English calls it salvation. And that is what these people say that once saved, forever saved. That is that salvation. You can lose that particular salvation. The salvation of, of going to cash the check, you can lose it. The one that you can never lose is the one that Jesus wrote. He wrote the check for all mankind. So let's strike that balance. I hope that helps someone uh, in case you are surrounded with the once and forever saved people. Okay. Okay, verse 13. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death, death and Hades delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. May you not be judged according to your works. And the death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Let me quickly share the paradigm of death. Uh, the physical death is the separation of the body from the soul. The spiritual death is the separation of the soul from the spirit. That's the spirit of God. <laughs> that is eternal damnation, eternal suffering. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I've told us that names are, are blotted out of the books of, book of life, not written into the book of life. Everybody's name starts out in the book of life. It is your heart desire. It is the state of your heart, your salvation with Christ on the point of death. That determines if your name is blotted out or, or it stays in the book of life. Okay. Yes, there is this, um, there is this thing I would love, uh, this, this, this analysis or questionnaire, I would love to share its results. Uh, some questions were asked, what happens when you die? Is there really an afterlife? What is heaven like? Is there a real hell? What is the nature of eternity? What is the nature of the reality we find ourselves in? You know, science, I've thought that, oh, do I just living in one reality? Uh, virtual reality, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so a research now came up. Uh, that despite many changes in our culture, despite this technology and co, uh, most people still retain the surprisingly traditional views of life after death. Uh, they believe that, and this, this was a research done in, in, in United States, they believe that heaven and hell really exist, for real. Uh, that everyone has a soul that continues to live after death. Mm. Uh, but uh, about 50 million Americans, that's about a quarter of them, uh, mm, are uncertain about their personal fate. 65% of the people that responded to that uh, uh, research says they are, they are heaven bound. They anticipated that, yes, uh, they're going to go to heaven. 24% uh, have no idea what will happen. About 5% think that they will cease to exist. Um, another 5% feel that they will come back in another form. That's reincarnation. So people uh, believe in reincarnation. So the people that believe... Uh, they are going to heaven. They believe they are going to heaven because they confess their sins and accepted Jesus as their Lord. 
they've tried to, some but that's for three percent of them uh 15 of those people do say they are going to heaven think they are going to heaven because they obey the ten commandments another 15 think they are going to heaven because they are just a good person six percent of those ones believe that ah god is all law is too loving to allow anyone to perish and that's why we're mistaking grace uh, as i've done a teaching on 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 the doctrine of grace and now people mis, mis, misinterpret that a whole lot of it we went from genesis to revelation in searching for the doctrine of grace and where grace was used and mentioned and in what what context so all those people that believe that god is too good to throw people in hell there's even some one that they say that they will they will see that god will be so angry with them that will throw them just angrily throw them and they will go after hell they will jump and pass it pity you <laughs> pity you okay so now among born again christians just watch you among born again christians 10 percent believe that people are reincarnated after death 29 percent claim that it is possible to communicate with the dead 50 percent contend that a person can earn salvation based upon good works uh, and these many believe that there are multiple options to gain entry into, into heaven now this this will show that there's a lack of teaching of solid teaching in the church or like the president uh, president of christ apostolic church pastor so largely said about two weeks ago that you will teach some people you will talk 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 make your research teach do everything ask people what you just said now because they can't remember you were not listening so it could be that the pastors teachers are trying their best doing a lot of things and people are not just listening so um it is shocking that atheists and, and agnostics also uh, believe that 50 percent 50 percent of the atheists of the atheists uh, interviewed people that atheists be, believe that there's no god but 50 percent of them believe that every person has a soul and they believe that heaven and hell exist and there is life after death 12 percent of these same atheists believe that accepting jesus christ possibly makes life after death possible <laughs> okay even though some of these opinions were gotten from novels all these guys are not really 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 atheists okay so what did jesus say about afterlife uh, because we're looking at uh, death and hell where uh, death and hades were thrown into the lake of fire so let's look at what jesus said uh we're going to look at the story uh, how we do with time wow time is almost gone let, you, let me just quickly uh, uh, uh browse through the story of lazarus and the rich man uh this was not a parable in my own opinion because they were there were people there were names mentioned uh in other parables jesus just used characters but these were names so let's quickly read it. It's a long read. I will just read. There was a search. Oh, we know the story. Uh, uh, okay, let me read where. Okay, let's let me read from twenty three. And in hell, that's the rich man. He lifted up his eyes, being tormented, and said, "Abraham, afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom." And he cried, "Father Abraham, have mercy on me." Blah 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 blah. So then, uh, let's go to. Okay. But Abraham said, let them verse 25. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime received thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now is comforted and thou art tormented. And besides, beside all this, between us there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can you pass from here. So uh it's talking about uh, uh, uh the place of the dead. There's a gulf between the good place and the bad place. Uh, Hades, so Hades, the place of the dead, is a temporary holding for people who have died. And we have the good part there and we have the, 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 the evil part or the torment, the place where they are tormented. Uh, the good part is called paradise. When Jesus was dying uh, on the cross and the thief said, Today, please remember, I mean, remember me in your kingdom. Jesus said, Today, you'll be with me in paradise. So, Paradise is the place of the dead where uh, people are resting to meet Christ, uh, resting for the for the day of rapture. Because if they've gone to heaven, if they be with Jesus, 
And the Bible says, at the last trumpet, the dead in Christ shall arise first. If they have been in heaven, where are they rising from? They are rising from the place of the dead. So, uh, uh, Jesus made us to understand that between that, the, the place of torment and Abraham's bosom, there's a big gulf uh, in between there. So, so, we know that the man, the rich man here, uh, was fully conscious. He had his memories. He was speaking. He was in pain. He had desires. He, had, he knew what was happening around him. So, um, his eternal destiny was irrevocably fixed. And he was not arguing about his destiny. He knew that his destiny was sealed. He was not arguing. Uh, he knew that was just. Uh, so, uh, he knew that uh, what was experiencing was fair and just. He also knew that his brothers needed to avoid this. He needed that. He knew that his brothers needed to avoid his um, his own fate. He was not yet in hellfire yet. He was just in Hades or Sheol. Uh, in the in the in the Hebrew term, okay, okay. Let's just go ahead. Um, verse twenty. Uh, yeah, we're done. Verse twenty. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire. Excuse me. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beasts and the prophets and the uh, uh, okay uh, verse verse 20 sorry it just went on uh, let's just read the last verse so um, the Bible uh, was talking about let me just uh, uh, um, the place of the dead so we believe it's it's underneath uh, the earth. Um, I want to believe that uh, it's 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 underneath the earth, um, uh, and and um, some believe that the bottomless pit is now further below the place of the of the of the dead. Okay. Anyway, so. Um, Verse 15, and anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. May we not experience this in Jesus' name. May we not be thrown into the lake of fire. Heaven is real. Hell is real. Please give your life to Christ. Prepare for his second coming. And next week we'll be wrapping up this very long five-month-old series. Uh, by treating chapters 21 and 22. They are both short chapters. Uh, chapter 21 talks about eternity and chapter 22, the conclusion of the book. Thank you very much. Uh, it's, been, it's been a great ride uh, with you. God bless you. Please share this among your colleagues and friends. Let's say a word of prayers. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your worthy. Thank you, Lord, for sending us these warnings i pray lord at on our deathbed or when you come our names will not be blotted out of the book of life in the name of jesus we will not experience all these terrible things we are reading about in the name of jesus thank you father in jesus name we've prayed amen god bless you thank you very much for your time bye